When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Pitching In as my Pitching In uh, colleague, Michael McHenry, rearranges his hotel room. What's going on, Fort? That's my Pixar light. Your Pixar light. Uh, That's my Pixar light. I made sure to uh, have a Pixar light for you. So, yeah, I'm good. Yeah. I'm in Houston. Uh, me and you have been extremely busy, you in Nashville. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so I'm good. How are you? Uh, yeah, same thing. Same thing. It's just a, a hectic time um you and i've gone back and forth about <clears throat> excuse me when to do this and i was trying to watch a Steeler game which it turned out was not a great idea on my part but what are you gonna I do i watched it too uh, and oh, it, they gave I'm me a hard time that. yeah yeah it, it was brutal. tough yeah. uh, winter meetings are always difficult man you know that mm-hmm. probably probably from a player perspective you're looking to see what comes out what happens if it's good or bad or whatever uh, a bunch of storylines to chew on with the pirates we will get right into them but first just want to recommend Remind you, as always, Pitching In is brought to you by the North Shore Tavern. If you love baseball, you'll love the North Shore Tavern. Wall-to-wall pirates inside. There are appetizers, entrees, cocktails, and, of course, steak and seafood on a sizzling lava stone. Open every day the North Shore Tavern across from Pitts- from PNC Park is Pittsburgh's home for steak on a stone. So we've got a couple topics I want to get to today, chiefly. Uh, the Marco Gonzalez trade is going to be a big one for it. Also, where do we go from here? I want to talk about the first base situation again. Um, I kind of got... Roasted, criticized something on Twitter, um, not for any good reason, just saying that I didn't think they were going after um, a Carlos Santana type, and I still don't, uh, but we'll debate the merits of that. Talk well, a little tag, Jim Leland. Tag team, tag team then. because Yeah, I'm well, I you got to be careful, man. It's not necessarily something that's, um, you know, people aren't going to love seeing you come into the ring with that one. So, mm-hmm. uh, but it's like, I'm sorry, that's, that's the reality. We'll get into that um, catching situation, a little Jim Leland, but. Off the hop, man, let's start with Marco Gonzalez, if that's cool. Um, what do you know about him? Were you surprised by it? I was a little surprised by it. Um, what does this mean for the Pirates? Just what was your reaction to the, the Gonzalez trade? Um, I'm going to give you a little bit more credit than that because you, you've brought his name up and we've talked about him in the past. No, I, I, Fort, yeah, I haven't. And, I yeah, really yeah. haven't. Oh, You're lying. Well, you maybe might have I just, brought his name up. We've done that. We talked a lot of ball, right? So, like, it's a guy that, like, I always thought, and I, I, I'm assuming if, if you thought he was available, we would sign him, right? So, um, as soon as the Braves traded for him, um, I'm very familiar with the Braves. I, I talk about the Braves a lot, uh, being from Tennessee and have yeah. a lot of the team. I said, that's, that's an opportunity. They don't need him. They don't want him. We could maybe get him and White if they do want a first baseman. I don't think that's a great move, but man, I bet the Braves would even possibly take some money. And they did. I did, I, I, did, I couldn't believe it was a player to be named later. So kudos to the front office and, and, and Ben to do that. It's on par with the Tyler Anderson, you know, the Rich Hill maybe is a little bit different, but also Quintana. Yeah. I think it's a great sign. It's, it's high upside. And I, I got asked a lot the other day at a, at an event, like, what's your hopes? And I said, 180 innings. I I I oh I don't care about I'll everything take that else. In a heartbeat, he, man. Yeah, but that's the biggest problem I saw, especially reflecting on 
those young guys taking so much of a toll when it came to, you know, innings and getting out there and you just want to keep them healthy. And I, yeah. I think that's going to be a huge factor moving forward. So bringing in guys like him, I think is huge. And you asked how I knew him, faced him when he was a rookie, um, saw him progress. He's very intelligent, fills his position well, has a good pickoff move, does all the little things right because he doesn't have elite stuff. Yeah. So he's going to be good for the team, good for the organization. And reminder, he came over the Cardinals, so he's familiar with you know this division, and he's familiar with winning teams. Yeah. I think that's really important. So him coming in, I think, is also going to give a different perspective. Very good point. Very good point. Um, I want to make a point about veteran starter, where he fits, along with Oviedo in last year. And after I get to that, I want to ask you about his sort of type. Like, why have the Pirates had success with Anderson and Quintana? But first... Like this is one area of Fort where I feel like the Pirates probably came up short last year. Maybe you can look back and say they shouldn't have traded Rich Hill. Um, I don't have any problem with the trade, but like you depleted your depth. You need guys like this. Like if you're going to be careful with young guys' arms, which you certainly should be, right? Like Oviedo, Keller. And I understand why in the situation they faced, why they kept running Oviedo out there. Like he, there's his pitches are performing. He's not saying, oh, my elbow hurts. It's not like they're doing that stuff carelessly at the same time if you were better better insulated against it with anybody rich hill tyler anderson quintana uh marco gonzalez guys that have just done that before and you're not worried about the workload guys to just eat innings even in a mediocre way i feel like that would help your young guys and i think it's probably you know as we look back i would call the oviedo elbow injury sort of the micro and say like, yeah, inside of that, I don't know if I'd do anything differently. But the macro, the bigger picture, I would do things differently. I would make sure I have more pitching depth. Like it just has to be non-negotiable. You say, well, Oviedo went down. That sucks. I've lost, you know, whoever, A, B, and C. But I do have so-and-so. Like it's not my best option, but he can at least eat innings, and I don't need to ride the young guys into the ground. Mm -hmm. So anyway, I wanted to make that point. That's been on my brain. Uh, but the other thing, too, uh, to boomerang back to what I want your baseball mind on for it is like these guys have done really well, man. Like I know enough to know that there's sort of a type that works. They've brought different things in the pitch mix out of Anderson and Katana, left-hander PNC, blah, 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 blah. When you see a guy like that and they they ratchet up the performance, what's happening? Um, so the the whole theory, especially with Rich Hill, fly ball guy, right? And you have a huge PNC left field. So they have a lot of room for error, to be honest. Okay. And when you are a Gonzalez and also can create a lot of soft contact, you've been known to, you know, take on that workload if you stay healthy. I think it's an, it's an easy win because the upside of if he does well and our young guys do well, they could trade him, get something for him. If he does well yep. and pitches just a ton of innings and eats it up even as a fifth starter, it's good for us. Like there's a lot of good things out of it. Um, it, it it's not for me, it's not even a high risk, high reward. It's a no brainer. And yeah. I think you look at what the Cardinals have done, what the Cubs have done with their pitching staff. There's a lot of older guys that are proven to, to put up innings, to go out there. Like, I hope they sign Jack Flaherty. You've written about it. You've talked about it. It's been one of the guys you've been up on. That's a high risk, but also yeah. for me, it's a huge reward because he he stays healthy. He's going to be a Vince Velasquez type that can eat innings. And two, I've always compared him to Oviedo. So he's a guy, in my opinion, that could come in and be 
somewhat of an Oviedo possibly because he has been in that top tier range. So yeah. um, that's why they're doing it. I think it fits. Uh, you know, if if you're gonna if you're gonna win, you got to look at all the factors. And if you can be a winning ball club at your home ballpark, it, it's going to change everything. So I think going out and getting line drive hitters, hitter first types, not power guys, is more important, and and guys that can be consistent with their consistency is is, is huge. So Did you just say you, be consistent with their consistency. Yeah, because yeah, I can't think of any better way to say it <laughs> instead of like you can't be a small market team and have so much unpredictable I know unproven what you mean. talent. Yeah. I so know, like I know I know what you mean. It, it just sounds funny yeah, coming I know. I, I couldn't I'm not a uh, word wizard like my fellow <laughs> counterpart, Mr. Mackey. So yeah, I, I'm really excited though. You're not gonna hear a bad thing. It's another good character sign too, which I think is really cool. They so, nailed that. So true story. Um, I, I just take people behind the curtain. Derek Gould covers the Cardinals for the St. Louis Post Dispatch and does an incredible job. He's one of my favorite people in this business. Really nice guy. Read. Um, so we're at a place at the Gaylord Opryland uh, Resort and Convention Center. We're having dinner. Um, a place called Jack Daniels is the barbecue place there. Um, and so he he mentioned something about like all the NL Central writers are getting together at like ten o'clock. So cool. Um, in the middle of that, between that that thing, that's when the Gonzalez trade broke. Um, I was actually finishing up dinner with the North Shore Nine guys, but uh, so I write that and whatever, and I ended up missing the gathering with Derek and everybody else. But he goes, "Man, sorry, I'm sorry we missed you at that thing, but you got news." He's like, "You got good news. Can't say enough good things about Marco, man. He's just awesome. You guys are gonna love him. Um, just a great dude, great competitor." So. My, my initial reviews from somebody that I really, really trust and, and like in the writing business have all been positive. So I like that part. Um, and, and let's, let's Oscar has a strong tie to Seattle yeah. and I, that, I, that, I that's something it. else. That's why there's something that may happen. And I, I, I'm going to say it again, Blake Snell signing in Seattle is a possibility. If that happens, we could trade for one of those young arms over there or, or, or something that they have a plethora of because they have some absolute yeah. juggernauts when it comes to pitching. So, um, well, and Oscar had those guys, right? Yeah, he had he a lot had, of those he, guys, the minor league pitching core. Yeah, and his mentor so is Gonzalez, but yeah. right, right, right. But his mentor is also Andy McKay. Yeah. So, yeah, that's a that's a win win. That's where like a lot of fans, I think, Mackey don't know that, right? Like it sometimes those ties are so important because it gives you an insight that you can't have any other way. So, yeah. So one last question about Gonzalez. I want to ask you about his fastball execution and different pitch usage. But um, a point that I think is interesting and I want to make from the reporting side, um, his elbow. The, I learned at the Rule 5 draft sort of the depth that the Pirates went to, like vetting this. You know, I was kind of curious the way this even worked. Like how much can you sort of dig into it? How much information can you obtain before you make a trade? Blah, blah, blah. And like I'm not going to share a ton of the details, but it is – Interesting, and you may know this for it, but just like the hours and the conversations and stuff that's looked at when a trade is that far along, and like the Pirates got a lot of information on Marco Gonzalez about his elbow and the surgery, and you know, obviously he had a short in 2023, but you know, they're not making that trade, and I'm not saying it's going to work out. I mean, maybe he pitches like crap. I don't, I don't have a crystal ball, but you know, it's it, elbow wise, like. He's working out a drive line. They've got a bunch of data on him. It's it's in his interest to share this stuff. And so there have been a lot of uh, – there's been lots of homework done. I'll put it that way. Uh, so that was encouraging. But, okay, 
So my question for you, Ford, is to me, I, I think that I look at Anderson, I look at Quintana. One of the things that improved the most was their fastball execution, ability to keep the ball in the yard, their, their higher ceiling changeup guys. Um, they all spin the ball and they spin the ball a little bit differently. Um, why do those work together? Like, and I'm wearing my Westminster baseball pullover, by the way. Um, but like in my day, uh, when I was a very bad pitcher at Westminster, like mm-hmm. I, my breaking ball command, fastball command, they've never really, there was never really a relation between the two. I don't think because I was good enough for it make, to make a difference. These guys, it does like what, how does one play off of the other? And how do these guys, like if you're taking Marco Gonzalez, how do you improve his fastball command and maybe accentuate the break breaking ball usage? You know what I mean? Yeah. And th- that's, in my opinion, take, take analytics out outside of that thought. Mackie is you identify what you're really good at, right? So he's a four seam changeup guy. Um, mostly. And yeah, those two pitches, if they're not like tunneled well together, if they don't have the same spin. So if you're throwing a four seam or you're not throwing a four seam or a change up, it's going to have some difference. So you can see it with him. He's got, I call it the, the angle effect. So he does a lot of his four seam fastballs. He doesn't spin the ball. Great. It's it's he uses his spin effectively. Like yeah. Rich Hill had a higher spin rate, a higher release. He he's a little bit different. He's a guy that can use uh, it's it's um, perceived velocity. So he throws ninety four yeah. ninety five in the righty or excuse me ninety four ninety five. It looks like ninety four ninety five. He wishes he threw yeah, yeah, exactly exactly. And there's no reason he can't. And um, he's a guy that doesn't ever max out. You know, he's smooth. Yeah. It's clean. A lot of good changeup guys. It kind of sneaks on you a little bit, so it plays it plays up, and yep. that's because of how he uses it. I think what you're going to see, and there's a trend happening with Oscar, is the sinker. You're going to see guys yep. that that profile as a as a sinker ball guy come in and and you know be able to do that more often. It didn't work with Oviedo, but this guy's at drive line. He's a perfect candidate for it. I've thought it forever. It could really play with this changeup and give an an option to throw that front hip to righties, also throw it away uh, to lefties. Cause he's a guy that at times I, I didn't look at his numbers uh, the last couple of years, but he struggled with some lefties cause he didn't have that good breaking ball. So yeah. um, I, I think driveline is really going to help with the breaking ball. The four seam cutter mix is good, but he's a guy that profiles. If he can create some more ground balls, I think it's going to play. And it could be just the flip of how he utilizes some stuff. Stop using that break or change up as much. Try to get something like a slider, the blend with that cutter. So he has a strike breaking ball because a curveball for me is not a strike breaking ball. That's why Jeff Locke had really good months and really bad months. Cause he had nothing. He could just flip over for a strike consistently when he did. Mm. That's when he was almost unhittable, but Jeff Locke, great example. He was a guy that had a great four seamer when he developed the sinker and he could throw it into lefties. It changed his career and yeah. Gonzalez profiles to be able to do some of that. But even if he doesn't, stays as is that's why they signed him so like the 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 floor for him at pnc is really good 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 all right does that, does that answer your question because it, it is a deep I love it and i want to pick your brain about all the things the pirates are using now to figure out you know how these guys are healthy because i think yep. they're doing a better job in free agent than they are in development and i think it's harder in development you have a lot more information in free agency because they you have a a report from multiple teams a lot of times. So you get to see different perspectives Yep, and they have value to give you that stuff, you know, cause I had to go through it with a couple of knee surgeries and some yep. teams would be like, 
you're you're a red light district. Nope, not doing it. And then other teams yep. will be like, yeah, let's go. Yeah. So cool stuff. All right. So let's move on a little bit. I want to, we're, we're trying to cram a lot of stuff into a short amount of time. Um, I want to talk first base with you, Fort. Mm-hmm. And, and you've been on this train before. I was on the train of signing Carlos Santana. And frankly, I haven't lost my spot on that train. Um, I just feel like it's not going anywhere at this point. And based on what I've learned, like, you know, and I, I took some heat for what I put in an analysis piece yesterday and on Twitter. Uh, maybe it wasn't me taking heat. Maybe I'm just internalizing it. But basically saying that I don't see them signing Santana. Um, Heimer Candelario signed for $45 million over three years. Santana has largely profiled higher than Candelario. Like, I don't think he's getting $15 million per. Um, but, you know, I've seen a seven and a half comp. I think I've seen an eight comp on Santana. And I just, if that's the price, like I don't see the Pirates paying that. And I've had that feeling reaffirmed to me by people in the organization that like, yeah, that's probably unlikely. I mean, if Santana's price comes down to half of that, yeah, I think they'd probably be more interested. Um, And I'm not defending it. I'm just saying that's reality. So I guess I roll the ball to you this way. Like, is that insane? Should they, should they feel shame? for not doing that or is it okay? Is there another option? Are you okay? And I think I know the answer to this, but I think it's a, an interesting time to sort of bring it back as we talk about free agents and trade, what they're going to do. Charrington's on the record saying that he wants to add the first base. Like what do you want them to add to first base? And is it, you know, do you want it to be Santana? I, you know, I love Santana and I'm with you. I wouldn't be upset, but I don't think when you look at, allocating money it's where it goes especially with Oviedo. i think when Oviedo went down it completely solidified this is not an option we should even consider agreed because the diamondbacks like and i'm not saying that they had a great first baseman but they won on pitching defense and base running more than they did on their gold glove right first baseman because you look at the playoffs he didn't hit walker Yeah. yeah he didn't hit at all and i think you can like you even said we should think about cutch at first base I mean, Bryce Harper's playing first base and he was so good at it that they're not re-signing their all-star first baseman. And I, I think he's actually a better defender at first base. And I'm not saying, but we have true Triolo, who's a better defender at first base than Santana with a little bit of time. Now, where can we make up the offense? And yep. to be honest, Santana doesn't profile well because his right-handed stick doesn't play the same way at PNC as it did in Milwaukee. Yeah, I mean, he took off in Milwaukee because it's a launching pad. I, I think the same thing with uh, Candelario that just signed with the Reds. Like, yeah, anybody that has power that's gap to gap is going to dominate there. You know, they're gonna their power number is going to go way up, and their confidence going to go way up because of that. So that makes sense. Like, you're you're assuring that floor at forty five million is worth it at that point. And yeah. I don't know if you could say that with Santana, and two, like, even if he wants to come back, Mackie, like. What do you you got to get rid of the other guys first? Like we have we have a lot of at bats and not enough spots unless we add an EH. Yeah, an EH. I don't know about that. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean it's a tough one for me, man. Mm-hmm. Like I I get why people want him. I like Carlos mm-hmm. a lot. Um, I do think they need to be cognizant of things like let Triolo play. And where's mm-hmm. Triolo going to play? Um, mm-hmm. I would be good if they bounced Triolo, but like part of that was let's say they had a steady left-handed presence at first base. And then when that guy doesn't play, there's Triolo. Um, when, you know, but mo- like, let's say, how do I, like 
I was going to bring up Eric Hosmer, but then I don't want to, I don't want to be further crushed for this and have everybody think that I'm like advocating that as like the one a answer. I just think it's intriguing, but you know what I mean? Like a left-handed compliment to Triola when the left-handed yeah. bat is in the lineup, Triola is playing second base, you know, when there's a left-hander on the mound, here comes Triolo. He's going to start at first base. Um, I guess that works. You're also balancing Connor Joe either way. I mean, Connor Joe hit lefties exceptionally well at that point between Joe and Triolo. I might just take the hottest bat. But in any case, what I'm saying is you're creating a bit of a timeshare mm -hmm. uh, between Triolo, between a veteran lefty bat. Um, so I I don't know where this goes. And I don't, I don't love the idea of taking Santana and playing him only left-handed. I feel like at that point, you're kind of overpaying for a platoon situation that mm -hmm. you can recreate elsewhere. And this is going to be an unpopular comment, but the Pirates were better offensively without Santana than they were with him. Yep. Um, and I that that should probably be couched a couple different ways. And like the time after 20 and 8 was absolutely abysmal. Um, and I'm not advocating to go sign Alfonso Rivas, but like Connor Joe hit lefties very well. I think mm -hmm. Jared Triolo has earned the right to play. If you can get a left-handed power hitting compliment, whomever that is, maybe it's Brandon Belt, I don't know. Um that to me is the most sensible thing. And then you pour the other money into pitching. I, I could not agree more. I just think there's more needs. We're, other We're done here, and, uh, I'm just kidding. Yeah, absolutely. Like, yeah, I mean, we could talk about it all day, but yeah, you're, you're exactly right. Like we need pitching. Yeah. That's just an unpopular opinion to have. And people were like, well, if they're not going to pay seven and a half million dollars for a first baseman, and then just sell the team. This is ridiculous. Like, I get it. I get being mad. I get wanting them to operate differently financially. Like I'm not saying you shouldn't be mad. It's just like, if the, my argument is I'm okay with them not spending seven and a half million on a first baseman, if they're going to spend seven and a half million on a pitcher trade for him. Like I, if we're, I, I if we're just saying we're not going to spend seven and a half million, then yes, that's ridiculous. We should be, all be upset at that. But I like, that's not what any of us are saying. And, and too, like if it, throughout the industry right now, the value of, a first baseman and a power hitting corner guy is diminishing. And, and the fact is it's because there's more guys that are doing that at multiple positions. So you look at it, you say, we're going to get it. I get the most premium athlete that I could move if I needed to. That's why Troy trio is so valuable. And two Mackie, we still can trade for him. We have a plethora of great athletes. Trade that, for who though? For a first baseman. Yeah. The, the, I like the twins first baseman. Um, okay the young kid, but yeah, like get someone that's controllable. Oh, Kirilov. Yeah. Like if we get someone that's controllable, then we have a Hoskins. We have a guy that's there and established. Cause that's one thing we have never had in my time at Pittsburgh. Like I, I want a dude that's a, a, a cornerstone over there. Yeah. You know, that that's what I think that maybe they were trying to do is find someone that's like, huh, where's our Jim Tomey? We need a Jim Tomey. Yeah. You know? so, I mean, you're right. I wonder if Kirilov isn't, Charrington said something out there that um, we're, we're looking not only at options for 2023, 2024, but also mm -hmm. like we don't really have someone, and I'm paraphrasing, um, someone long-term, a long-term solution for the position. I mean, Kirilov is very interesting. You know, he mm -hmm. could be a long-term solution to the position. Uh, I don't know if he's healthy. I'm actually looking that up right now. Um, I'm guessing he's some degree of healthy, but yeah, that'll be an interesting one to watch. So, okay, last topic for it. What mm -hmm. the heck are they doing behind the plate? Can you help me understand this? Because I cannot. Um, 
my brain goes to bad places. Uh, but there's a lot of shifting going on with the with the talk of like now Henry Davis is back behind the plate. Um, yeah. How's Indy doing? I haven't heard anything about him. Um, are they thinking about playing him more at first base? They're not. Um, so that's where it gets confusing to me because the sign that they they there's better options out there if if you're going to give guy more time and there's more or I guess more proven options. He's he's still you know un, unproven, but I yeah yep. it, it blew me away. It, it it really did, and it um I don't know, and I don't think you're going to get a good answer. And no, until like it's solidified why, if that, if that makes sense, like there's a reason it's internal and we don't know exactly what it is, but it, it, it's there and I'm interested. I, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I really don't know. And, and the, the worst part for me, and this is for everybody out there, like there's nobody better in the business. Uh, I just spent a ton of time with some writers over the last week or on the phone with writers because the winter meetings, nobody's better than Mackie and getting the scoop. And man, yes, yes, there th- there's not many people on the planet as good as the pirates of not giving too much information. <laughs> and I, I, I love the city. I love the town. I love the pirates probably way too much. Um, but man, they, they just don't let things off the chest very much. Um, no, I mean, because, well, this, does, this doesn't make sense for it. it just yeah. It, it was not even on the radar. And there's no update. Like there's no update. Is Henry Davis crushing it? Is it like, or not like they're like terrified. Right. But like, how does delay feel delay sitting there? Like I was good. I thought like, right now, now what happens? And I get it. He's a controllable piece. He's going to go to triple a unless somebody gets hurt, but it's still the fact that like, there's plenty of that out there. And the trend has always been, you sign a minor league free agent to a, like not a big, Sign a minor league free agent, and then if it goes well, it goes well, just like last year. Like, yeah, you bring in guys that are fighting that have experience, but they didn't do that, they did the opposite. So maybe they see something incredible in this kid. I have no idea. Nah, come on, I don't, we all know how this is going to shake out. I know, out. I'm trying to intend to shake out. Yeah, I mean, come what, on. I mean, like, what's your first trying... initial thought? Because, like, I, think I literally text you, for either, I know, I think if they got a legitimate trade offer for either one of them that helped them get pitching, that they would do it in a heartbeat. That's I don't know if they're going to get it. Point. Yeah. I don't think they're dangling Henry Davis and Andy Rodriguez out there saying like, please take one of these guys. We're unhappy. I think what they're doing is guarding against the possibility that that's what they could need to get pitching. Well, delay that, that makes sense with delay. I, I, I didn't put that together, but he, he is a valuable trade option. Cause um, he's a, va- well, he's a valuable I, yeah. backup. I mean, I, I'm saying with a think- multiple piece, cause he's, he's like a Stallings, right? He gives, he gives you somebody immediately to put in, and fills a gap that isn't filled in a lot of places. Yeah, I mean, I don't think Jason delays your attractive trade piece. I think Andy Rodriguez and Henry Davis, two, you know, what top yeah, thirty not going anywhere. prospects, not recently. You yeah. don't think they'll deal them? Nope, no chance. Nope. nope. And and the only reason is that those are those are ben, Ben's guys. He's going to ride that wave, and they see like I haven't heard that lick at all. I've heard Delay's name a lot even since last year. Um, they turned down stuff. Um, from my understanding, I didn't get that from the pirates, got it from someone else, but, um, we'll see. Yeah. I mean, I, I just have a hard time believing and may, maybe it couples with something else, right? It'd have like to, maybe, it would have to absolutely. Yeah. I mean, Jason delay is not going to carry a trade no. package for a pitcher in your, your top five, but, no. um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I think that's a very good point. Like you're mm-hmm. just Sanchez was adding depth. I think mm-hmm. Davis being there adds depth. Um, but I don't totally understand 
like take all that out of it, right? Mm-hmm. You're trying to get the best baseball you can out of Henry Davis still. Again, ignoring every other factor. Is the best thing for him to like flirt with right field? Wait, we're going to take that away. Now we're going to catch. You weren't good enough to do it, but now you are. Um, and not, you know, no, no variable changed other than an injury, um, you know, a, a sort of injury that he was also able to play through through quite a bit that just ultimately caught up with him. Like, you know, they're saying the injury was what changed it, but Davis said himself, he injured, the injury was in Miami, one of his first few games and that he didn't come out of the lineup until like a month later. So he was working through catching, Mm -hmm. doing stuff behind the scenes or whatever with this injury. And then all of a sudden the injury is what prohibited him from getting major league innings. Huh? (laughs) That doesn't add up. Uh, you know? yeah, make it, make, make it. And make I mean, their feeling sense. was that he wasn't good enough to catch in major league games. That's okay. Own it. Mm-hmm. And just say like, Hey man, like we got to ch- let him try, you know, like we probably didn't want to put him out there and put the pitching staff and everybody else at risk because we didn't know if he was good enough, but like, damn it, we picked him one, one and we need to, you know, sooner or later, you got to take the training wheels off and see if you're going to topple over. And that's just what we're doing. That, like, what's wrong with that? That doesn't offend anybody. Maybe it offends somebody. I don't know. But well, and, that, and that, that's my feeling on it. I completely agree. And I mean, they almost like there was no, no report of that was the intention going into the offseason. Um, Charrington said that he was going to catch this offseason. I don't think he ever said that it was going to be his primary position. And even so, I mean, you just added more depth so that e- either way, it, like, if yeah, I'm Henry Davis, change, I'm like, what doesn't change what you're doing. Yeah. And I think about the human element. We talk about that a lot. And, you know, I'm passionate about it. Like those guys are sitting there wondering because nobody's called them and said, this is why we did it. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's one of those things that hits you in the face. Now you're like, well, you know, Henry Davis is down in Bradenton doing his stuff, living with Nick Gonzalez and those guys. And he's probably sitting there like, am I going to be here? What's going to happen? Nick is also thinking the same thing. And then they're there with other first rounders you know, getting things done instead of focusing on the the picture of all these guys being together at the big leagues, they're, they're wondering what's next. And that's tough. I still look at their roster for it. That's the last thing I'm going to make before we move into our, our bonus and final real quick topic. But, uh, you know, I still look at guys like Gonzalez, Pagaro, Bay, even Rodriguez, Davis, like the Gonzalez trade is great. Marco Gonzalez. I mean, they need a ton more pitching. Yes. They're just, it's, it's not enough. And I mean, I can't, I can't reasonably believe that the Pirates are going to go pay 12, 13, 14 million dollars. I made a face before about Jack Flaherty because I think that's ultimately what he'll make. I don't think it's going to be in Pittsburgh, and I don't think the Pirates are even entertaining that. Um, so I, I think it's ultimately going to have to come through trade. And you're not going to be able to just say, oh, here's our mediocre and fringe roster players. Give us your number two, number three starter. Like that's you're going to have to give to get. And mm-hmm. to me, I Maybe, maybe they don't get pitching and maybe they try to dumpster dive and cobble it together. I'm not ruling that out, although I don't want to see it, but you know, I, I just, yeah, I, I think there's a non-zero chance. One of those guys, you know, one of your former top prospects, a first round pick, whatever could be dealt. I think, cause I, I think it just might have to happen. It might have to happen if you're going to actually fix your starting rotation through trade. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Or, right. or very creative with, how you're signing, signing these free agents. There's a way to get Flaherty. Um, there always is. I just don't know exactly. Maybe I'll do some due diligence and see, but 
Like, yeah, you're not going to pay them the typical way, but there's incentives, there's years, there's club options, there's no trade clauses. And that it's not something we've done in the past, but when you want certain guys, you believe in them, you're going to have to do it as a small market. I guess, but I mean, I look at what guys are getting in the market. You know, Luis Severino yeah. got 13 million for crying out loud. If I'm Jack Flaherty, I have a pretty good thing to fall back on. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I don't think like he's going to have other offers. Yeah, no and, doubt. And is it Jack Flaherty's best option to sign a multi-year deal, or does he sign one year and turn it into Tyler Anderson? And it's easier for and, and Jose think, Quintana. Like I, I might insist on a one-year deal, and I'm going to bet on myself, and then I'm going to go cash in. Right, and I think if we if Oviedo was healthy, twelve or thirteen million on a one-year deal for either one of those guys would have been more of a thought. Mm. And the reason why I say that is because it's a one-year deal. You're not. The biggest thing is if you're locked into that year in and year out and year in, if it's one year and you have that space available, cause that's the need you have. It makes sense, but I don't, I don't think it makes sense anymore. All right. Last topic for Jim Leland got into the hall of fame. What do you think about it? Any, uh, any good Jim Leland stories? You know, I've just met him in passing and then I actually got to sit down and just listen to him at an event this year at a golfing event. Um, Man, I want that dude around the game, and I want him in, in in the clubhouse more often. Like the wisdom and the 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 banter, like he's so good with like people. Like yeah. his his gift is what a lot of the game misses now. Like ways to push buttons and and get the best out of people that isn't orthodox because God gave him a gift and waved one over him. Um, you probably know him better. I'll let you take it over from there. But I I've. I've long loved how the players, you know, saw him and getting to know rock really well and how much he adores him and other yep. guys that I've, I know that have played with him. Like y- y- he seems like he's one of the like dudes yep. and you don't hear that very often anymore. Like he went out of his way to make sure that you were seen that he cared that you knew that he cared about you. You knew where you stood. There was no like politics about it. It was just like, you stink. You're not playing until you figure it out or you're going home. Like, yep. that's awesome. Like, that's what guys want to know. You know, you're yep. at elite level. He's awesome. I, I'm so happy for him. Um, I think it's a great move, and it's right before Dusty Baker's name would be on there. Bochi's right around the corner, and that would have really hurt his chances. So I'm glad they got it done. Yep, same. Um, super excited for Leland. I mean, how can you not say it's well-deserved? I love it. Um, it was really cool to cover that story in Nashville. Um, and I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I'm Jim Leland's best friend because I'm not. Um, I am in awe of the guy, uh, uh, being a baseball-loving kid and growing up in Pittsburgh. Like, you know, there, there are very few people in this business that I'm, you know, probably was, not now, legitimately awestruck by. You know, on the baseball side, like it'd be maybe Jim Leland, Barry Bonds, on the hockey side, Mario Lemieux. Um, you know, a lot of that stuff has just become normal and it's, it's normal now. It's not like I see Jim Leland at the Gaylord convention center. I'm like, ah, Jim Leland. No, it's not that. <laughs> yes, um, you do. Yes, you I, do. It's just so much respect <laughs> for the guy. And for, you know what I love about him so much? And this is the last point I'll make. We'll wrap up, but, uh, the honesty. And I think it's something that's maybe lost in professional sports. And, and he was talking about that on MLB network and, and delivered that something that instantly became a top five quote for me, period. Um, and I'm going to hope I get it right. If you're honest with the player, you, or if you deceive a player, something like that, you lose them forever. If you're mm-hmm. honest with the player, you lose them for 24 hours. You and, nailed it. I, I tweeted that out. Cause it's, it's 1000% awesome. Yep. Like, and, and you know, that was something like my dad 
was with, he's like, you know, I'm always going to be honest with you. Like, at least, you know, when the criticism is there, like it's, it's genuine or, you know, when, when like I'm building you up, it's genuine. If I'm, if I'm criticizing you for something, it's genuine. Like I'm always going to be honest with you. And I, I just, I don't think that happens enough in pro sports. I'm sure you can speak more to it from a player side, but I think that's something that Jim Leland can kind of remind us all. Absolutely. That's, that's the separator. Bochi, Dusty Baker, Jim Leland, um, hurdle at, at, at times, like yep. when, when those guys go all in with the players and tell them the truth, it's a game changer. And I, I think that it's from top to bottom, you yep. know, like if you understand where you stand, Mackie, you know, where you like what you have to do to go where you want to go. Yep. And if you don't, you're, you're shooting at the moon. Yep. All right. So Fort's got a busy day of uh, coaching the baseball down in Houston, Texas. Thank you for <laughs> squeezing us in. Um, I've got a few more things to do today uh, post-gazette-wise. Thank you, as always, for watching us here on Pitching In. A lot to talk about. Great episode. Make sure to like and subscribe. You can get all of the content on this channel. Uh, we will talk to you again next week. Fort, anything? Any, you got anything else? You good? If I'm busy, Mackie is the Energizer Bunny because he never stops. I love it. We both love our jobs, man. Absolutely. It's great when you don't actually have to work for a living. So, all right, folks. (laughs) All right, folks. Thanks so much. And we'll talk to you next week. Thank you for checking out this content from Post Gazette Sports. If you watch this video on YouTube, please like the video and subscribe to our channel. For all of the sports coverage the Post Gazette has to offer, visit post-gazette.com.